We're going to continue in the book of Matthew. Uh, we are now in Matthew 26. Uh, we're going to start at verse 1, and, and most likely we're just going to do half of this, and, and uh, Lord, when we live, we'll continue on next week. But starting at Matthew 26, verse 1, And it came to pass... When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples. And we what what we want to remember is the fact that uh, Jesus had already talked to them and, and shared with them about the five foolish and the five wise. He talked about the servants that hid his talent and and who would uh, who has denied him and, and who has ministered unto him and he talked about people who say they are the Christ and where he is and they talked about those that uh say one thing and do another. There's much that he had shared and talked to his disciples about for actually he was teaching them not only what was to come but what they need to uh, prepare themselves to do them in their own body. Verse 2 says, You know that after two days in the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified, the people were conspiring against Christ, is namely the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, which includes the Sanhedrins, and the general councils of the Jewish church. They erred by not believing Jesus being the Son of God and the miracles he had done. Today, there are churches who are known or considered as the angelical. They push their agenda in order to get their way in the system. Just like the Romans were with their religions, then the government is in agreement with the angelicals today. The things they want will benefit the government and the angelical churches. Verse 3 says, Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. If possible, what they wanted was to silence Jesus quietly. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. This was not the time because during the feast there would be, would be at least three million people around. So to put Jesus away with such a multitude who believed in him would cause great chaos. Too many saw Jesus as a popular teacher. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon, the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. John says this woman was Mary, the sister of Lazarus, and she came to show her love to Christ and pour the ointment on his head according to the custom of the eastern country. This was done 
at their feast and banquets. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. Mind you, when it says his disciples, one who mainly talked about this was Judas, who was in charge of the money. Judas blamed this woman for needless wastefulness. When Jesus understood this, he said unto them, Why trouble you the woman? For she hath brought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman have done, be told for a memorial of her. This ointment was a representation of his death. But let's look at what Judas had in mind next. Verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests, and said unto them, What will ye give me if I will deliver him unto you? And the covenant within with him for thirty pieces of silver. They agreed or they bargaining were bargaining with him. Judas said she wasted money, which represented Jesus' burial. But he is bargaining money that is causing his death. The whole sum of money that Judas bargained for came up to about $15. What price would you sell out Christ? Jesus said this, What would it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? Verse 16, And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Just as Judas sought opportunity to betray Christ, there are those who are seeking opportunity to betray you. Jesus told the disciples this in John 16, 1 and 2. These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues, which are the churches. Yea, the time will come that whosoever kills you will think he does God's service. Bottom line, just like they had it out for Jesus then, as Christians or believers in Christ, they will and do have it out for you that go come in his name. Back to verse 17. Now the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, go into the city to such a man and say unto him, the master saith, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them and they made ready the Passover. Now, when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, verily I say unto you. 
that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? What would you do if you were being told you are betraying Christ? Even in that moment or last hour, Christ did not expose Judas to all the disciples. And if someone did something to us, we would let the whole world know about it immediately. Everyone wanted to know who it was. And they even asked one by one to say, is it I? But let's look at how John explains the event. If you look at John 13, verse 21 through 30. Verse 21 says, when Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask on who it should be of whom he spake. Peter wanted to know who it was, and he persuaded John to ask. Jesus secretly. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, being Judas, thou that thou doest, do quickly. This was said to Judas in a low voice where no one else knew what was meant by what was being said to him. Verse 28 says, now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him by those things that we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. He then having received the sop went immediately out and it was night. Now let's go back to Matthew 26. Verse 23. And he answered and said, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The son of man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. 
When you compare what Matthew says and what John says, it is questionable to prove if Judas was there when celebrating the Last Supper. It would seem and it shows that Judas did not partake of the Lord's Supper with them then. Verse 30 says, And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. First, they heard how one of them would betray him. Now he says that all of them will deny him. If somebody told you you were going to deny Jesus, you would call them crazy. In fact, there are things we say we would not do and we already have changed and done it. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Let's be real. Some of us have said, I love my job and will never leave it. I love my church and nothing will cause me to leave. Yet many have changed jobs, positions, left already, and it had nothing to do with promotion or increase in pay. But because of offense, teaching, or because someone there, some choose to go somewhere more comfortable. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Wow. All of them are saying, I will not deny you, but, 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 I will not deny you, but die with you and for you. Just like they ended up offended. There are times we get offended. Our flesh must die. Flesh must be denied so we can live. But Jesus told Peter this. I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. Jesus also said this, neither I pray for these alone, but for them which also which shall believe on me through their word. Being the words of the disciples that teach the truth. Look at verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the, and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. One writer says his posture was was head. His posture was his head was 
put between his knees and the forehead brought to touch the earth. Another writer claims he first kneeled and then in the fervency of his prayer, he fell with his face on the ground. Either way, it shows great humility. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? Not, not taking their side, but you know how we are. It was late, close to midnight, I believe. They just got through eating. They got their feet washed and had communion. Jesus says this unto them. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is weak. Is that not where we're at? Saints, mm -hmm. willingly we are in spirit. But our flesh is weak. To surrendering to what the word says. If we cannot endure a little fatigue when there is no suffering, how will we endure when persecution comes? 42 says, he went away again the second time and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now, take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. In Jesus' intense prayer and talking with his Father, that which he needed, that which he needed to be built up in, Father ministered to him. There is much that can, can and needs to be said here. Prayer is the best prep as well as the most powerful. Support under heavy sufferings that will come on us. The question that can be asked, why did Jesus pick the garden? Was it to hide from his enemies? No, because Judas who sought Jesus knew the places Jesus retreated to pray. Jesus went there to prepare himself to meet his enemies. Jesus had taught us by example, when danger is before us, especially death, it is then we should be very much in prayer to God and very fervent in our wrestling. We are not of the world, but we are in the world. And we too must prepare ourselves to face our enemies when they come. So just as Jesus prepared himself to meet the attack of his enemies, we need to stay prayerful and prayed up to meet the attack of our enemies. We do not know who they are or when they will attack. Just like the Satan entered into Judas at that time, we don't know who is going to yield themselves to Satan. Verse 47 says, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him at great multitude, with swords and staves, from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now, he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, 
Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he, hold him fast. Sometimes it can be the person closest to you. What Christ gave us, we must give them that is love. And for with he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. To be continued with that, my time is up, and I thank you for yours.